Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and today we're taking a trip down memory lane to revisit a film that transported us back to the awkwardness, the charm, and the pure magic of adolescence. Yes, that's right. We are discussing the number 40 film on the 50 best rom-coms list, 13 Going on 30. Acclaimed film director, producer, actor, and frequent guest to the podcast, Mark Blitch, will be joining me here in a sec to discuss this time-traveling escapade. Before we jump into that conversation, Whitney is here with me to talk about some pressing matters. But before we jump into that, how are you holding up during this holiday season? Great. I'm doing good. We're coming to the end. You know, it's always like a countdown. Yeah. yeah. Not only it used to be a countdown to Christmas, now it's just a countdown to getting it all done. Yeah, so. pretty, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So um, back in early October, we dedicated an episode to talk about the television shows that we were watching that we were watching. And in that episode, we talked quite a bit about The Golden Bachelor and how much we were enjoying Gary's journey to find a second wife. So the season wrapped up this past Thursday and was definitely not short of drama. So I thought it'd be fun to get your quick take. So um, I, I think it, the episode's passed. I think people should would know by now who he chose. So um, how do you feel about him tru- choosing Teresa? Well, I never wanted it to be Teresa. Right. I never from liked the her from the get-go. I think the show painted it that way, so I think that was bad on the show. If they know it's going to be somebody, they should paint him in a better light. Because I never liked her. Now, I did like her when she went home to her family. And so I, that's probably telling. She seemed and, um, she seemed a lot more comfortable for sure. Yeah, she, yeah. But she's just like super kind of annoying. Um, I definitely <laughs> think he picked her solely for the money, which is weird. So um, I feel like so much stuff came out about him after, um, where he didn't really have his glorified job, and then he didn't like her, and then the minute he heard what she did, he was like, "Oh, sign me up for that!" And so she's a stockbroker or something, trades stocks. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. I didn't like her, but. I really just wanted it to be Joan um, or Ellen, and neither one of them were winning, so what do I know? Yeah. Did you like Leslie? I did like Leslie. I would never want my dad to marry Leslie. Yeah. Like... I I liked her a lot. I just never saw them together. No. Uh, He he seemed a little... Not... Well, even at... She she cussed or something Mm -hmm. in front of him, and he laughed, and she said, oh, I can talk like that around you, and that was towards like... The very end, yeah. and I kind of was like, "Oh, if this is happening now, I, I, um, I heard somewhere that she has a brother who is like a famous drummer for a rock band, and that seemed to kind of make <laughs> make yeah. a little sense. He's I don't a little know, too straight laced for her. Yeah, yeah. But I think some of his was an act. Like, yeah, he was so sweet and innocent, and I think now it's coming out that he maybe isn't. And I, I don't know. I just it it was such a great season, and then I didn't like now. And now they're getting married, and like two more weeks yeah and she didn't even tell her sisters that were there at the hometown so she's obviously close to him i just it seems like it's gonna blow up yeah i guess that's what we're supposed to want to happen yeah the other really big drama was just the initial breakup that he did with leslie which i will say at least he didn't wait until they were like you know she got dressed up and all that kind of stuff i did like that yeah but i i laughed because i said (laughs) this is what you get when you have uh, older women on the show. I mean, she did not hold back about how she was feeling in the moment, which was good. <laughs> yeah, well, and it was truthful. Like, we all heard him. It wasn't even speculation. We all heard him say, you're my number one. Like, yeah. you can't... T- it. You can say that to somebody if you're just dating them and then you don't have to marry them, but, like, not if you're in a contest. Being number one means that she's going to win. Yeah. And that, that gave false hope. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Are you excited about the new season and... I, I've already forgot his name. I know he's a tennis guy. Oh, um, I mean, I'll watch all the seasons. Right. I um. Joey. Joey. I think he's kind of a weird pick, but I mean, I liked him, but I'm not. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I think it's be hard to go back to catty girls after the women were so yes. fun. Yeah. And so I think they're gonna have to do a better job of like not letting them be catty because or not editing it to their cattiness. Because that's not, nobody found that appealing. I think that's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Going back into 13, going on 30, uh, would you say this is one of your, a favorite of yours? Yeah, I love 13, going on 30. I think it's great. There's lots of funny parts. Um, it's probably actually one of my favorites now just because it's uh, plays a big part in our engagement video with yes. the last scene. <laughs> and so like I have more nostalgia for it than I probably did even when I first saw it. Um, but I do think it's hilarious. I think it's a great out of body experience one where she truly acts like she's 
13 at different times. And I think that's, I think it's a funny story. Yeah. And uh, with us having a daughter who's currently 13 right now, it is kind of funny seeing the stuff play out. Totally. And they they, they yeah. definitely and, nailed some And they aspects. nailed it. Yeah, it was great. And I enjoyed rewatching it with her. I, I think it's awesome. In my conversation with Mark, he actually had a question for you. And so okay. I was going to play that for you right now and okay. have you answer it. I want to know, and I kind of wish we had like your wife on here to, to, to tell me. I think Mark Ruffalo is a pretty charming man. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily stick out to me as a romantic lead type. And maybe that's why it was a little subversive. He's charming. He's got kind of swagger. But I was like, I, I remember thinking like this, I, I don't want to say that he's miscast. He doesn't strike me as your stereotypical romantic comedy lead like McConaughey was back in those yeah. days. Well, considering I think he kind of um, looks and acts like you, I think I must be geared towards that, right? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did it? I thought you were setting me up for that. No, no. no. Um, he, I think that he is, I think he's actually really well cast for the, for the part that was written for him because he looks like Maddie as the little boy. I mean, obviously he grows into a man. And so, but like that, that little boy of Maddie wouldn't have grown into somebody that that wasn't like that kind of artistic. I mean, he was artistic. He made that dollhouse. Like that's how he was going to be. Um, and I think that that's who her 13 year old self, if she had stayed on the nice track would have liked somebody that was wearing tennis shoes and casual like that. So, but she did not go with her 30 year old version of herself that had all the fancy stuff and all the, you know, so, but I think there was a good difference in, in between the two. Um, but he's definitely the nice character, and I always like the nice guy. I never like the bad guy. Ever. In any show, I don't understand why people like the bad guy. And so, but then I married the nice guy with yeah. the brown curly hair that kind of looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like him. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I never made you a dollhouse while we were doing You made me a lot of videos <laughs> and, and artistic projects, though. So you did make me things. Yeah, and I'm sorry that I haven't done yeah, such Yeah, those things. ceased after we got married. <laughs> Ceased. But now I created Ceased a, to exist. I, I created a podcast where I'm, I'm getting to elevate your voice. Oh, yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, press play on our boombox and see if 13 going on 30 still sparkles. Jenna Rink couldn't grow up fast enough. Smile, sweetie. Don't you knock? Are you wearing a bra? You're not ready Dad, for stop a bra. taping. <laughs> So on her 13th birthday... Dad. Check this out. Wishing dust. She only made one wish. I hate being 13. I just want to be grown up. And she woke up 17 years later. (laughs) All right. Well, I am welcoming in frequent guest and movie guru, Mark Blitch. How are you you doing? I'm doing good. I don't know if I would say uh, a guru, but that's very nice of you. (laughs) <laughs> jumping into this movie uh kind of a uh you know i asked how you're doing now but if you were your 13 year old self at this moment what do you think your answer would be to that question to how i'm doing yeah um how would my 13 year old feel right about now oh a lot of questions uh a lot of questions about my body i think i would have um <laughs> I, my dad didn't really give me the talk super, super well when it comes to the birds and the bees. So I had to discover a lot of things by myself on accident. Um, (laughs) So I I think I would, I would be pretty terrified right now at what's happening um, to my body, I guess. (laughs) We could go into it, but I, I won't. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's enough detail. (laughs) before we actually talk about this movie, as as a kid, and I'm kind of undercutting the movie musing segment, but did you ever long to be an adult? You know, there's other movies, you know, similar to this movie, like Big and that sort of thing. Is that something you ever remember, uh, like even kind of desiring around that age? No, mine was more the opposite. Mine was kind of the classic, oh, man, if I was a 13-year-old now – what I what I would know, how I would carry myself. It would be more of that side. I don't know if I ever 
I think, you know, you definitely had those like papers where you would write what you would want to be when you grow up, but I don't think I was in any hurry to be 30 or, or even college. High school was the best time of my life at that point. And so you didn't really want to leave that. At least you thought it was the best time in your life. Um, so I think I probably would just want to stay put. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I know for sure, I was excited to get my driver's license. And, uh, and so I, I loved being like, I would, as soon as I got that, I'd ask my mom, like, you need any errands to run? I just, I liked that sort of freedom. And it's real funny now because Whitney works with a lot of teenagers and there's just a lot of kids these days that they, they don't, they don't rush out to get their driver's driver's license when they turn 16. Yeah, I didn't either. I actually waited because my dad said that I had to kind of do it myself and he was going to be my teacher. So I was the one to kind of, I had to be the one to force it. And I wasn't, I had enough friends that could drive. So I didn't really feel like the need to. So I don't think it was until, I mean, it wasn't that long. It was like three or four months after my 16th birthday when I finally, you know, started doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So jumping into this movie, um, I, I pulled kind of a fun, uh, uh, description from chat GBT. I was kind of tired of getting pulled just the lines you would usually find at the, you know, in the back of the DVD box or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I typed into chat GTP, uh, give me a snarky description of this movie. <laughs> so here, sure. here's the synopsis. If, uh, anybody hasn't seen this movie for whatever reason, 13 going on 30, because who needs character development when you can just magically skip puberty and become Jennifer Gardner? This film takes the classic wish fulfillment trope to a whole new level as a teenage girl magically wakes up in her 30-year-old self's body. Forget about the emotional roller coaster of adolescence. Just throw in some thriller dance moves and poof, you're an adult. Watch as Jennifer Gardner navigates the perils of adulting with all the grace of a giraffe on roller skates. I thought that was a little rude. Okay, but anyway, if you're looking for a dose of nostalgia and a lesson on the consequences of skipping over the awkward teen years, well, you won't find it here. But hey, at least there's Mark Ruffalo to make you swoon while the plot does some somersaults in the background. <laughs> so anyway, uh, do you feel like that's a good little take on this movie? I think no, it's not. It's, that's that's uh, and it's comforting too because um, just you know you don't want AI to understand everything. Um, you're, you're offended not offended i'm 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 uh I, i'll give it the side eye you know it's, it's it's not a bad description it's a fun description uh misses the whole point of the movie i feel like but but uh <laughs> but good for chat gpt that's a good that's a good uh yeah you should keep doing that so we can just destroy it each time <laughs> so do you enjoy this movie is it one that you've seen a lot before or yeah I think I first saw it maybe with, with Hannah, my wife, at some point in college. Um, and, you know, I was probably not too keen on it um, just because it's kind of a, you know, a female version of Big. Uh, but and, and it leans it leans towards that, you know, direction. Yeah. You know, like, if you're not, you know, if you're not someone who, like, grew up reading, like, Seventeen and <laughs> those types of things, you know, it, they're definitely appealing to a certain genre of moviegoer here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't remember if this was the first one that kind of relaunched it. Because I know that there's the Parent Trap, you know, remake or whatever with Lohan. Um, but I feel like this may have jump-started some other kind of wish fulfillment body swap because it was so successful. I remember what well, you had Bateman and Ryan Reynolds in the change-up. You had if I felt like there were other couple ones that kind of tried to ape the success, but this this movie feels very early two thousands <laughs> um, rom com, and so you kind of miss those because like, they were still probably shooting on film. They actually had a cinematographer. Everything seemed you know it's it's, it's very well directed. Um, yeah, but no, I really enjoy I really enjoy it. Me and my wife kind of watched it over over like one or two nights, and it's just a really pleasant movie. And Jennifer Garner's so adorable, and um, she's she's perfect. Yeah, it's this is yeah, it's not gonna, uh, and it's not even trying to, 
you know, even reinvent the wheel, I would say, but it is just, it's, it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. And uh, even though there's some things, you know, you can kind of like nitpick about it for sure. Um, you know uh, yeah, it's one, it's one that we enjoy. And especially how old are your boys again? Uh, 13 and 11. Okay. 13 and 11. So we have a 13 year old and a eight year old, but, um, especially we watched this, uh, with Hallie and one, she, she really enjoyed it. But also I would say, uh, you don't necessarily have to have girls to enjoy this movie, but there's some aspects of Jennifer Gardner's performances. And I think some of the jokes where her doing a 13 year old girl, you know, reactions to things yeah. she does a really good job with. And it's, it, it, it made me probably laugh a little bit more. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, especially now with my girls being a little older, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. They kind of hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I forgot. I don't remember. I think I was watching some, I was watching it and there was something that the sixes did that are like, I don't know if it's now or, because you know my son's thirteen, he's kind of shy, but also really annoying when he wants to be. You know, are are these girls? You know, in the eighties, were they more grown up? You know, for, for you know, mature for like, I mean, they just seem like they're just so much older than thirteen. I know that that the actresses are probably fourteen, fifteen years old. That's not what I'm saying, but it just seems like in the eighties, the trope was. I don't know. They're always just so. They had their personalities were already formed. Like they have adult personalities, and I guess I know that's. I guess that's why it's a movie. But I just I'm like I look at my 13 year old and I'm like he's got no presence (laughs) (laughs) compared to these compared to these high school girls. You know, it is really funny now the dynamic uh, of the girls and the boys at like Hallie's uh, junior high. You know, it's like she's playing basketball, you know, and her basketball team walks in and they don't have anybody like abnormally tall or where you're like, even like, Oh my gosh. Wow. But then when the seventh grade boys basketball team comes in behind them, <laughs> and most of them are generally shorter. Like, it's just funny. They're just the girls and boys at that age are just in two different places for sure. They are absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think, you would probably agree this this movie is real charming even though i i couldn't help but wonder so uh jennifer Gardner's character is jenna so there's a young jenna and she you know wishes to be older and she does um but you know kind of in some other movies you kind of feel like so like in the freaky friday remake lindsay lohan and jamie lee curtis like they're like they're really like fighting and they're at odds with each other and so it kind of explains why they body swap to kind of get, get a better appreciation for one another. As I was watching this one, I was kind of like, does Jenna deserve all of this? She, she really seems like a good person. <laughs> so I, I, I don't quite know why the universe chose Jenna to go, uh, to go through this <laughs> experience. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say you kind of, you know, some of the things that, you know, she thought all her problems would be solved when she's 30 and had this ideal of who she wanted to be. And so, you're being forced to kind of confront that version of yourself uh, to see, oh, does the 13-year-old really know what's best for you? And is is that the best time to have your wishes fulfilled? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Did, I was going to ask you something. Did you, um, did you see all the, uh, all the Marvel connections? Like, as far as actors go, not like actual connections, but like as far as... Um, and not just MCU, so I'm not going to quiz you too much. Well, so Jennifer Gardner, she played Elektra uh, a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Ruffalo is famously, he, he was the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, it was Andy Serkis? Andy Serkis okay. was in Black Panther, yeah. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. Uh, am I missing anybody you got, else? You got three more. Three more? <laughs> three more. One MCU, two kind of Marvel adjacent. Uh, Jim Gaffigan hasn't been in anything. I did see that. That was fun. Uh, no, you have Lily Collins, who's Ruffalo's fiance. She was in she was in X Men Wolverine. She was kind of the love interest that uh, gets killed. Okay. And then you have um, 
Judy Greer was Ant-Man's ex-wife. Oh, I didn't know that. And then okay. and then Brie Larson was one of the it was in the sixes. She was? Yeah, you don't you, she doesn't have any lines. Uh and uh and honestly, I didn't recognize it the first time and then my, we were watching the credits and Hannah's like it says Brie Larson's in this. I'm like, "Oh, I bet she's a six. So we went back and watched it and there <laughs> she is. And apparently like Ruffalo didn't know that, so he was on the red carpet at Endgame, and they already showed him a picture of Brie Larson in 13 going on 30, and he had no clue. And it's, it, it definitely, usually I, ca- I was mad because usually I catch that stuff on first viewing, and I just wasn't even processing. That's that that that's funny. Uh, I, I did want to note that uh, the young Jenna, uh, played by Krista B. Allen, I mean. As far as if you go, you know, there's lots of movies where there's a younger self or an older self. I mean, this would have to be number one as far as like how similar they look without being related. Oh, yeah. And you, um, I guess that actress posted a Halloween photo of her in that dress with the chopstick haircut. Like, like, and, and, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. That's amazing. Because um, I, I was, I was going to mention that. Like, the casting of the younger versions, um, I thought, um, was it Lucy? Uh, or I thought they cast yeah. they cast young Judy Greer perfectly. Um, but they but I also will say that the, that, the, that the Mark Ruffalo child actor is just a... I mean, they, they kind of write it off and say, oh, I lost weight. I'm not saying that he just does not look like Mark Ruffalo in any stretch. So you get the best casting of a younger version along with the worst casting, or at least casting as far as looks go. Right, right, right. Yeah. That that was one of the notes I had to ask you is like, I, I had written down kid Maddie to grown up Maddie kind of a stretch. <laughs> oh, it's a stretch. And, and, and I'm going to, I want to know, and I kind of wish we had like your wife on here to, to, to tell me, I think Mark Ruffalo is a, pretty charming man yeah he doesn't necessarily stick out to me as a romantic lead type and maybe that's why it was a little subversive he's charming he's got kind of swagger but i was like i i remember thinking like this i, I don't want to say that he's miscast because he's not he does great yeah. one it seems below him a little bit in the terms of of the kind of movies he was making back then he doesn't strike me as your stereotypical romantic comedy lead like McConaughey was back in those yeah. days. Yeah. He, he's definitely more on the serious side and he definitely plays the character, uh, very much like that. You know, he's, he's pretty laid back and, you know, it kind of goes with everything, but you know, it's assertive, but kind of in a nice way. Uh, I love the, I love the banter between him and Judy Greer as adults, uh, the yeah. little jabs that they make at each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was great. Speaking of charming, I did think that Jennifer Garner's boyfriend looked like Prince Charming from Shrek. I thought that was perfect casting too. (laughs) It's a very over-the-top performance, but I'll be honest, it it made me laugh. It made me laugh. (laughs) So, uh, and even when you know. when he like starts taking off his clothes and like her reaction, like it's, it's, it's pretty funny. You really think that that would happen. (laughs) And, and one thing that I do appreciate about 13 going on 30 is I think it, it ages a little bit better. Like the most controversial as opposed to big, which doesn't really give off the fact they insinuated. They didn't even insinuate like the fact that Elizabeth Perkins and Tom Hanks sleep with each other, knowing he's a 13 year old boy doesn't, you know, it doesn't go down as easy in 2023. There's nothing really about this movie that you could say is problematic in that sense, other than maybe him going up to a 13 year, her going up to a 13 year old at that bar and, uh, you know, asking to, um, asking to go out with her. That was probably the most problematic thing because everything else was just no that's how a 13 year old would react to that and the other person isn't committing a crime right right yeah (laughs) yeah and uh i i made uh made mention of it a little earlier but uh, some of the moments i did like is uh, i liked when she was just in the meeting and when she had her notepad and she put her name on the top top line (laughs) of her notes (laughs) i thought that was a really funny touch uh i think the 
cut the kind of surprise cut to the sleepover where she's talking about her romantic night <laughs> with yeah. Maddie. And it's this like sleepover with all these other uh, girls. And it does have that like right tone. This movie does where, <clears throat> yeah, you don't think so much that like, why, why would, uh, why would parents let like all these girls stay with this seemingly stranger? <laughs> you know, yeah, but, well, I mean, I, I do think that one, it's, it's her performance too. She, you actually believe that she's 13. Um, and also, <laughs> you, women are less sketchy than men <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, a big, especially you were talking about, you know, this movie uh, feeling a little uh, definitely of the early 2000s. Uh, as we've been watching movies uh, on this list, I mean, th this decade was just ripe with like, these characters working at a magazine or some kind of journalism of some sort. I, I just really, I just really laughed at that. Like this is the, the Mecca, uh, you know, a magazine company in New York city. <laughs> and that magazine has competition right. that they have to stay ahead of. And it's, and then we're looking at what 13 going on 30, I think was, all I remember is frost your not not thirteen going on thirty. I'm sorry. How to lose a guy in ten days with the whole go frost yourself and it's yeah. always because it always has to be New York. It always has to be in a high rise, and um, there's always someone there who's undermining your main character. Like it's just it's cookie cutter uh, romantic comedy situations for sure. Almost as if AI or ChatGPT wrote it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so. Are there any favorite scenes that you have uh, from this movie or any favorite co uh, favorite quotes? I th I really like just the first scene when she wakes up and just the blocking that they do whenever like the guy takes off his towel and she pops open the 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 umbrella and uh, just really all her interactions when she first, you know, she's in the elevator with that girl and there's there's just nothing it's just all very wholesome where it's like, this it feels very, it could be obviously a very creepy situation. Maybe that's just the 2023 version of me, but, but there's just something really wholesome about all of it. And I buy it. And, uh, that may have been like maybe pre or right around arrested development, Judy Greer. So she was at the height of her powers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just, I like movies that are kind of like about kindness and being nice. And, you know, you know, maybe it's just because, you know, the reality of the world that we live in. It's just, there's something really refreshing about a, a nice light movie that teaches people to be kind. And I think that would resonate with people. Whereas if it were being made now, it would probably have a lot more political, you know, charged, you know, mm -hmm. uh, background and backstory. So yeah, as far as like my favorite scene, I'd probably say when she woke up. I know you're there. And my parents are totally gonna be on any minute. Hey, sweet bottom. Where's the conditioner? You're naked. Well, not yet. To touch on what you just mentioned, I, I made a note. I kind of like how uh, Judy Greer's character, Lucy, even when she basically steals Jenna's idea uh, or, you know, kind of thwarts it, but basically when she gives her pitch to everybody, I like how it fails. You know, like, yes. you know, and it kind of in a way is showing that, you know, she was still she still did things afterwards to try to, you know, really stick it to Jenna. But I like that, you know, showing that like her actions, you know, that's not always the way to just be successful automatically. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people, if if they've been a fan of this movie and if they've just watched it for the first time, the, the thriller dance scene has to stand out. Um <laughs> How do you feel about that scene? I always thought it was a little bit cringy. Yeah, yeah. I did. And I think it's awful also because Ruffalo is a great actor. I just don't think he can dance. Well, I, I read that uh, it was like one of his first days on set and he hadn't really even got to like <laughs> rehearse all that much. It, yeah, it was a nightmare <laughs> for him. <laughs> what a nightmare. And then Andy Serkis just kills it as he always does. You know, he's my, I think... I think I was on I was I was on another podcast with a friend of mine and we did like a Mount Rushmore greatest performances that have you know top four greatest performances that um, were not nominated for Oscars and I and he was there for he was there for either Gollum or Caesar whatever you want to take mm -hmm. and it's such an interesting choice with him um, well 
we'll get to that. Let's go back to Thriller. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I remember even in the in the trailer, I was like, this is just, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, but it's less, I think it's because I loved Thriller growing up. I loved the music video. And it's like, these people don't know how to do it well. It's just, it's just too, it's just too awkward white people trying to do it. And then Andy Serkis comes in and does great. But it just, it just never really resonated with me as like a classic scene. Like I feel like it wanted to be the big moment with the uh, chopsticks, but it doesn't quite have the timelessness of, of that. Yeah. Any, not just this movie, but any scene where there's all of a sudden this impromptu like dance sequence, I always like it when you clearly see like who are the, probably the Broadway actors or that come in and really like, okay, we'll show you, really show you how to do these dance moves. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the musical version of, oh, these are obviously all stuntmen. Yeah. You're like, wow. Okay. All these people are a young, b really fit and c very charismatic because their smiles are just like <laughs> from okay. ear to ear. <laughs> they they know they know how to shine in the spotlight, you know. So it is a breezy ninety minute movie, man. It yeah. is. It's and then you you go to like the Judd Apatow two hour and fifteen minute long comedies that you know don't have a lot, as much blocking and I and I love those too. So it's, I'm not, but there's just something very clinical and like efficient about about this movie and its runtime because yeah it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of scenes sometimes it stops down for a couple minutes but then it's on to the next thing and there's no i'm appreciative that i don't think that there's one getting dressed montage or trying on clothes montage i was very Mm -hmm. thankful that there wasn't any of that so i know you mainly do video production uh but i'm i'm sure you uh, there's a lot of similarities uh, between the photography field and, you know, uh, video production field. Uh, how do you think they sold uh, uh, Maddie's performance or uh, Maddie's profession as a photographer here and how hard uh, it is? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, especially if he's just like a contract worker. Um, it, you know, I, I was I was kind of looking at the layout of 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 stuff for like the, the, you know, the high school photo shoot and everything. I thought that. It looked appropriately. It looked really big. Like, because here's the thing: my wife works at uh, Fossil, the watch company, and so she she actually photoshops and and photo re- retouches all the photography, and so so she was watching. And she's like, "This is a huge production. Like, this is a massive production. You're on location in Central Park, you know. And I and I've and I've shot in Central Park before, and it's not super. They usually will work with you, but for a huge fashion magazine like Poise." There's no doubt they're dropping high five, six figures on just the time, not counting the actors and the equipment and everything. Um, so so it, it just seemed like it was a really big production. I didn't see anything. And I was looking up that apparently that camera that he was using is pretty legit. So um, I, I think it, it did a decent job. Yeah. He never seems too stressed by it all. It's he, oh. a pretty like... Go with the flu type of guy. He was eating gummies pretty much. I feel like any time that he stepped on set, he was. <laughs> Even when he's interacting with a, his fiance, uh, she's like talking to him. You can tell he's just in another headspace. <laughs> I did have a question for you. Like, what did you not love about it? Or what did you find that maybe didn't age well versus, you know, what did? Yeah. Uh, I think there's, you kind of touched on it a little bit with the thriller dance. While that might be some people's like favorite scene, there's some like cringe like scenes like that that don't really work work for me. You know, there there's a little bit. I mean, I know this is like a silly movie, but I get a little bit into the headspace of that. Like, you know, Jenna kind of really. Uh, kind of transforms herself into this adult role very well. <laughs> and like and for having like no experience even working a job before, she seems yeah. to navigate yeah. <laughs> everything pretty well. <laughs> well. Poise is a lot like middle school, you know, a lot of clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, and 
I, I probably, you know, because of this podcast, I probably uh, think a little bit deeper about these type of movies than I norm normally would. But uh, kind of the question I asked you at the beginning, I, I just kind of got hung up a little bit of like, um, this is a lot that a lot for the universe to make somebody go through. <laughs> to, yeah, and there's no guarantee, no guarantee that she's going to get out of it either. Like it, yeah. it ends pretty sad. And now here's the thing that bothers me about this. It was, and again, this is me, you know, at some point, and I, I understand that she's 13 years old. Like you are stealing this man from someone's fiance. Like, I don't care how unhappy she is. Like there are so many times where they're like rolling around in the sand at the park under the Brooklyn bridge. And I'm like, this is inappropriate. Like you really don't need, like Ruffalo should know better. He's kind of being skeezy. If he's, if he's letting this, you know, it only took probably like a week or so for, for, you know, them to fall back in love. And, and so it bothered me whenever she like goes into their room, goes into their house, the day of his wedding shuts the door. And I'm like, that's not appropriate. You need to not be doing that. And, and then, um, I I I didn't love so yeah that's thinking a little bit too deep about the movie but it does kind of bother me it always kind of bothers me where it's like oh the the whole I'm I'm engaged to be married trope that your romantic lead is like you know you know where that's going to go usually and thankfully this movie got to kind of have its cake and eat it too because in when that universe he ended up getting married and then you know she went back in time and changed the past whatever but um I couldn't stand the you know, they get married once they get once they get back, and you know she kisses Maddie. My wife said something that was really on point. So you, you know they, they kiss when they're thirteen, and then it cuts to when they're thirty years old, <clears throat> getting married. And Hannah's like, "Why did they have to wait till they were 30? <laughs> and I'm like, "That's a really good question." If they knew, they probably would have kids by then. And what self-respecting man? And I'm I'm saying this. As you know, more of like a who would live in that house? <laughs> I understand what it means, I understand exactly story wise, <clears throat> but then again, I'm, I'm probably just <laughs> it's just a bit at this point where you're just dissecting things you'll need to dissect. <laughs> well, I, I kept on getting hung up, even that's a good point about them, like just having having to wait uh, so long. Uh, well, two things, I, I, I uh, I'll go. I'll go back to this one, but uh, just the very last shot of them moving into this house, and I just made the note that I was like, nobody looks that happy or that good on a moving day. No, <laughs> and no HOA would ever allow that kind of house in in that neighborhood. Yeah, um, and the, the other thought I had too was a little bit of this like in between period. So. Does Jenna Jenna tell Maddie about this like alternate reality that she went to for a little while? <laughs> She's thirteen, of course she is. But, <laughs> that's but, true. But that's everything to him. Uh, like that that probably if it's like oh man you did this and this I mean it's very manipulative if she's lying about it. But at that point when you're thirteen and the girl of your dreams likes you you don't you don't question that. That's true. That, that that is a very good point <laughs> so yeah i i think the other thing is like like i said i know it's this like fake world but you know i think one of the things that makes big so successful is you know this uh you know this fortune telling machine that they he has to like seek out you know that really becomes the crux of like how he's can get back to his normal self and so just the fact that there's like this dust on this like house that maddie built you know i just i just to me I, it just seems kind of weak I'm, i feel like they could have come up with something a little better and it's just yeah. like yeah she she interrupts the wedding and then all of a sudden she's just like oh i want to go back and it just yeah i i don't know there's a darker version of this movie out there, there is. where 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 Jen keeps messing up with Maddie and has to go back in time and fix it and just breaks the universe as we know it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Movie musings. Were you good at taking a yearbook photo? Did you have an infamously like bad photo or were you pretty proud of your yearbook photos? I I think I look pretty good. There's a couple ones where like you can kind of tell that I'm fake smiling, but but you know, I took some pretty good photos. I actually 
funny you bring that up. My son brought me uh, one of my old yearbooks, like from 1992 or 93. I had a quote unquote girlfriend at the time. And uh, so she, you know, he finds like, and I had written on there like worst nightmare for, you know, or like not my friend or friend. Like I had dictated as if I would forget. And I granted, I needed the reminder, you know, uh, you know, 20 something years later, but my, my quote unquote girlfriend, um, had a photo there and I put a big heart around it. And then I wrote girlfriend dot, 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 but not her best picture. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I was, uh, you know, so my, my son showed me, my son read that to me. <laughs> He's like, Dad, why'd you put not her best picture? And I'm like, I think I was just, you know, in case someone saw her and knew she was my girlfriend, but I had a qualifier on why she may not have looked at her best. Like, I still had good taste. <laughs> oh, wait, not too long ago, we pulled out some old yearbooks, like for Hallie to look at. And uh, for my junior high one, I quickly had to close it. I was like, you are not allowed to read that yearbook message from one of my friends. I was like, man, so-and-so was really dirty back then. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're, we're so concerned about protecting our kids. And then he flashed to what I was listening to. You know, I had, I had big pimping on a loop. um so that was kind of a leading question because i uh so it was my ninth grade year and i don't my freshman year and i don't remember why i got this in my head or somebody told me but i got the idea in my head that like to not show my teeth when i smiled like somebody told me that or something like that sure that year for whatever reason it was like a trend uh amongst our guys to shave their head that summer. So anyway, my head was like shaved, like a little hair, not completely bald. And I don't have like the smallest ears. Um, I don't think if somebody saw me now, they'd say, hey, you have big ears. But when my head was shaved, they definitely stood out. And it's just me with this like goofy non-teeth smile. And when those proofs came back, like my friends had a field day. about it. it it was definitely it was definitely a rough photo probably gave some like sling blade vibes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> oh man um so as far as candy goes this movie uh, razzles plays a really big part uh in these two relationship uh have you ever had that candy before i haven't i haven't it sounds super gross um it, it it just seems super. I mean, is it a real candy? It is. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of it. Um, maybe it's a northeastern thing. Um, oh, it's it's big selling point that uh, first it's candy, then it's gum. Yeah, I mean, I've had something like that. More like the tootsie the tootsie pops that have the gum in the middle that you kind of have to work towards, which is always disappointing. Yeah, it's it's part of the tootsie roll family. So. Oh, okay. So technically, I I probably have then. Yeah, uh, what what is one of your favorite candies? I've gotten away from the fruity types of candy, like the fruit types, and I've gravitated more. I've gravitated more towards my what my dad used to do, and then he would just put like those big Reese's cups in the fridge. Yeah, and he would pull it like that to me, like peanut butter cups, you know, Twix, Snickers. You know, those are more of my. My candy of choice. Milk duds used to be really popular, but now that I'm older, it just kind of hurts my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I try and stay away from it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely that age. Now. Like, I don't eat candy very often, but, you know, Halloween just happened not too long ago. And, like, even if I have, like, two or three, even the little bite-sized type of candies, like, all in a row, like, my head hurts. <laughs> I'm like, how old am I? <laughs> I'm like, too much sugar. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to go into too many awkward details here, but um, your junior high self, high school self, uh, did you ever play any embarrassing party games? You know, uh, this movie starts off where, you know, do they call it, is it seven minutes in heaven? Six minutes? I forget how long. Well, seven in heaven rhyme, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have any awkward moments uh, like that? Not so much in middle school. In high school, there was one thing that we did, and it was really not safe. It was, um, 
it was like you know remember when like passing out used to be like a party trick and you would like <laughs> talk like you would you would do the whole like lean over you'd lean over you'd be standing up or something and you would kind of like hyperventilate and then you would stand up really quick or whatever it, it, and and it, i honestly don't think it was real uh because um um it was kind of a weird, almost hypnosis type thing. And then you could talk to the person and the person would kind of talk to you kind of still. I was really gullible to think that it was real. Um, and that was probably the the only, gosh, I mean, we were more actual game people to where we want to play stuff. Um, so that was maybe the weirdest thing at a party that I had seen. Because I didn't drink. I didn't really partake in any type. I really didn't go to parties very often, honestly. Yeah, we, we definitely, I just remember it was probably sixth or seventh grade and I guess it was people's birthday parties, but they definitely would have like the kissing gang uh, things. And I, it always made me like severely awkward about it. I, I was the kid that's in there going like, where are the parents? <laughs> they should be here breaking this up. <laughs> and if you did spin the bottle, you know, right when you took that photo and the girl comes into you, just, you just got that smile and the shaved head look right exactly rom-com rankings first category is the romantic chemistry so from one heart being the lowest five hearts being the highest what would you give the chemistry between jenna and maddie i would say four but i think that jennifer garner's doing three and a half of those stars okay not saying ruffalo is bad because ruffalo is great it's just he seems the, you know, he's never, I don't know. You can just tell that for, for, for some weird re reason, <clears throat> he's obviously playing someone who's over it. You know, he's kind of over it. He's moved on. There's a little bit of scorn there. And so, and it's, he's still kind of a um, Debbie Downer, an Eeyore type. <laughs> yeah. He lost. And so it's Maddie's the one who has to, you know, I'm sorry, but Jenna has to be the one to put in the work you know, to get and and I, but she's fa fantastic. So I would say, I would say four. Yeah. I I mean, I can't argue with that with you too much. I, I, I did three and a half just because like, I definitely see them, you know, together. Mainly it's because you know that they have the history, you know, that they have and everything. So, um, but you know, their personalities are different. They play off one another, but yeah, I, I don't think it's like, you know, sizzling, but I don't think it's the worst either, uh, for sure. But um, it, it, they're definitely find a comfort in one another for sure in, in those moments. And I and I and I buy it, like when they're just kind of having fun, and he's not like scolding her. <laughs> and I think it's appropriate too, because you don't want them to have off the charts romantic chemistry, being that she's thirteen. Yeah, you know, so 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 it's it's in a. They have good on-screen chemistry, but it's not super. It's obviously not sexual, right? And and it's a movie that the the, the it's a line that the movie has to walk pretty pretty carefully. So I think almost you would want it to be a little bit not as you know. I don't know. It depends on what you would call chemistry. If is it is it some is it sexual tension? There really is none, and I actually I and I really appreciate that because it, it avoids some some problems yes for sure um so this came out in 2004 uh me and my friend we just kind of reviewed uh the wedding planner which came out 2001 so kind of the same vein and just there's so many things like that are just weird now and kind of off kilter about that movie and that is something about this movie it does feel like of the early 2000s but like you said it did it, you really do feel like it kept those things in mind without it like getting just uh, for lack of better terms, weird. Oh man. I really, I really didn't like the wedding planner. So uh, second category, the, the best friends. So I a category, I, this one's a little hard because uh, Jenna is kind of out there on the Island by herself a little bit. Lucy played by Judy Greer is kind of her best friend, but is really not uh, very supporting. <laughs> No. <laughs> in this movie so um i maybe you could say like jenna's assistant it maybe falls into this category you know there's definitely a support system around here around her towards the end but um i'm curious how how you gauge this category no it would be a zero okay there's really no one <laughs> and 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 
Um, one thing that I was grateful for was that um, <clears throat> I had forgotten that that Jenna was the one who was actually, you know, selling poises. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> secrets and stuff, and so I'm kind of glad they made her unlikable, or at least that she became someone who was embarrassing to be around, even for the thir- her 13 year old self. So, I mean, to, because to me the 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 assistant wasn't really that was. That wasn't a healthy relationship, <laughs> um, and she kind of she kind of had to do those things because she worked for her. So I would say uh, zero hearts for uh, for for friend for best friends. Okay, uh, I I put one down uh, before you said zero just to kind of <laughs> maybe give it a little lift. <laughs> but, well, I mean the yeah. the other thirteen year old girls were nice. They seem like a decent support system, but they're not going to be able to emotionally support a thirty year old woman. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I, I'm curious. Uh, did you have a chance to listen to the soundtrack uh, to this movie? No, but I do remember. Um, I can I can pull it up real quick so I can comment on it because I remember enjoying it um yeah so while you're looking at that um just kind of i would say i was like uh, a little surprised but like legit love the soundtrack it is really really good <laughs> um so i i rate it really high i i rate it uh, four and a half hearts because um i i'm self-admittedly a big fan of 80s music and i mean we talked about the thriller scene. I mean, if you have thriller by Michael Jackson, that's already going to kind of, it's already good. Yeah. Yeah. It's already good. But, um, I mean, you have the go-go's in here. Um, everybody, uh, Wang Chung tonight, like, uh, it's just really good. And even some, uh, kind of modern songs for the time, uh, Liz fair, uh, has a song on there. Yeah. That's the one that I remember the most. Yeah. Uh, if you were having like a party, of any sort, you know, just some friends over like a dinner party and you put this soundtrack on, I bet a lot of people would be like, I love this playlist. Whitney Houston's on there. Like it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, you got me as a four or a five, just the fact that Pat Benatar and Rick Springfield are on it. Oh yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Um, Talking heads, you know, Maddie's a fan of the talking heads, like his, older self uh is like wearing one of the the band's t-shirts you know uh so yeah really solid so i i would uh, suggest people like check it out it's it's a lot of fun to listen to and actually i pulled that the soundtrack charted inside the top 50 uh on the u.s billboard 200 chart so (laughs) anyway it kind of justified i was like oh well that that totally makes sense especially before things such as spotify or apple music where (laughs) you, you had to really buy said songs on a compilation you know like usually a soundtrack or a compilation you would like 50 to 75 percent of the songs you really liked but the other 25 percent you know if you went and actually bought this soundtrack you would probably actually listen to the whole thing 100 percent. so the fourth category we kind of touched on it a little bit with this the the ending of this uh the chase scene or the declaration of love i mean i think we both agree like really um (laughs) you know, confronting the groom before he's about to get married, probably not the coolest move ever to do. Yeah. But she's 13. She doesn't know any better. That's true. <laughs> um, I would say it's a little bit more reminiscent of like a Notting Hill declaration of love where it's a little more serious, a little more earnest. Um, but I'm going to dock it two stars just for the situation. Like you got to, you know, I don't care if she's 13. You have to, to know that it's probably not the best idea to do it at, I can't tell. Is it his house or her house? No, it's his house. Cause he, I guess he kept the, the playhouse that he built for her. Right. Cause he pulls it from the closet that he does. So yes, yeah. that, that means it would be his house, which, you know, dodging the parents. It's a, you know, it's a good call, but it just doesn't. Yeah. I think, situationally it's a it's it's very dramatic right and i guess you have to have some stakes involved and you kind of have to have the so i understand why people would give it like a four or a five but i'm going to give it a three just on principle okay yeah uh i gave it two and a half just because of some of the things that we talked about earlier but even now sitting here thinking about it like if i was maddie's fiance 
and she sees that playhouse in his closet. I'd be like, uh, why do you still have this? <laughs> yeah. That's that's quite a thing to still carry along with you uh when you're 30. <laughs> well, okay, so explain to me this. Why how did it get from her house's basement closet to his closet? Because yeah, that was right. the last time he saw her or they spoke to each other, was it not? Yeah. So maybe you can assume the parents were like, hey, this is kind of awkward. Why don't you take this? And just, and then, you know, the mom's like, oh, it's so cute. My Maddie made such a great thing. And then puts it up in the closet and then it can stay there. I mean, I guess you can kind of work your way into it, but it's pretty sloppy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they didn't think too much uh, about that one. Uh, well, so the last category, rewatchability, uh, what would you give this? I would say four. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly what I gave it. Uh, even though some of these other elements we've talked about are kind of little all over the place, I would say. I mean, this is a movie, I think, if it's if you walked into a room and it's up there playing, you'd probably sit down and watch some of it. You know, it's it's and like we probably like I rewatched this for this podcast and it had been that long ago that we watched it with Hallie. And, you know, still still very, very enjoyable. Very good. So uh, any any final thoughts on this movie? I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's uh it's a really good, it, it's one of those movies that feels like you can show your 13 year olds in a way. I know you have, like, it's not, you know, Notting Hill. I think some of the, some of the fish out of water body swap thing, and it's relatively clean for the most part. It's, yeah. it doesn't feel like, um. You don't have to feel bad about showing your kids this if they're if they're thirteen. Recommendations for recommendations. Is there one like movie or one TV show or it might even be a book that you are telling people that they should check out? It depends on the person. Um, I would say, uh, as far as like TV goes, um, I would say. Um, uh, Welcome to Wrexham season two, and then there's something that um, that I, I'm a little bit late to that I actually really enjoyed uh, recently was the Dracula BBC miniseries. It's three 90 minute episodes, and it's written by the guys who did the sh- who did Sherlock. Oh, okay. And it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, what is that on? Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, for mine. Uh... This is probably not normally a movie that I'm drawn to. It, it's also on Netflix, but um, have you seen the movie Fair Play? No. Is that the is that the new Chris Evans, Emily Blunt one, or am I wrong? Uh, no, it's it's not that one. Um, so I, I'm actually it was a little unfamiliar with the act, main actor and actress in this. Uh, I mean, even mis uh, mispronounce their names, Phoebe. Denver. Oh, she's from she's from uh she's from Bridge Bridge is it uh, Bridgerton? Bridgerton. Okay, and his name is Alden. Aaron. Rick. Yeah, yeah, that, that's Han Solo. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, that's him. Okay, that makes sense. But anyway, they they play this uh, couple. They're uh, they work at the same uh, hedge fund company, and he she essentially gets a promotion over him, and they have this like behind the scenes they haven't revealed to hr yet their relationship and it just kind of spirals from there and so it's playing a lot with male and female dynamics uh power dynamics um so if you've ever wondered if i should i should i work with my spouse this would this movie would definitely be an argument against that case (laughs) but uh it's it's not quite uh it doesn't quite get as bizarre as something is like Fatal Attraction, but it's kind of in that vein. I never watched, uh, I never saw Disclosure uh, with Michael Douglas, but I would automatically assume it's kind of that type of movie. But it actually has a lot, a lot to say about gender dynamics. Uh, definitely, kind of the role that physical sex plays in relationships and those dynamics. Anyway, I, you know, I. I for lack of better, it, it kept me kind of the edge of my seat just so much of like I, I wasn't sure where it was going. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's I, I I think you I think you would like it. So it, it might be a little tough watch 
for some people for sure because it's pretty raw but um it's a movie that kind of stood out uh to me from this year especially for uh uh netflix original which can be kind of hit or miss sometimes and they don't promote it either they just basically throw it out there for one weekend and then it gets buried <laughs> right right i did actually remember seeing an actual trailer for it and i don't know we must have been watching a football game or something like that. And that's where it caught my attention. And I did a quick search of like the kind of ratings and it had pretty high ratings. So that's why I checked it out and I, I really liked it. Oh, I'll check it out. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for uh, going back in uh, time with me uh, with always. this film. Always, always, always. It's a joy. Okay. Quick question for you, Whitney, before we wrap this podcast up, would you rather go back and be 13 or would no. you rather go back and be 30? 30. I hated being 13. <laughs> hated it. Um, I Middle school was just atrocious. I had friends. I just was too shy to like stand up and do anything bold. And I just was like kind of follow the pack. I was never mean to anybody. Like there, you know, I didn't join like a mean girl group or anything. And I don't think nobody like stuffed me in a locker, but I did not want to go back into that time. Um, whatsoever to the angst about did me in i liked when i hit 30 i kind of hit my stride when i hit 30 i was married i was about to have a baby I, we had a house like 30 yeah. was good yeah that's good uh like in our conversation i had with mark uh, did you ever have any awkward yearbook photos um not as awkward as your yearbook <laughs> photos <laughs> but um uh yes i did have i begged my mom to get a haircut that was short like Demi Moore. Um, I don't know if Deborah Green listens, but if any of my friends know Deborah Green, I wanted my haircut like her. But they have thin hair, and I have a ton of hair. Like, I just have thick, and it's beautiful hair. I know that, but it's thick. And so I cut it, and it was more like a um, – they cut it like a bowl cut around my head, and the bottom was shaved up. I mean, it was just true 19 – like, when you're in fifth grade and you're born in the 1980s, that's what it, everybody's looked like. It was horrific, and my mom cried and cried for days. That's what my hair <laughs> looked like so those yearbook pictures are lovely yeah <laughs> as always check out moviesyourlife.com for episode reviews and more if you love this podcast please take a moment to rate and review it this really helps us with finding new listeners and uh, uh, send us one of your yearbook photos <laughs> yeah i just cut you off you did but mm -hmm. that, that's totally good and in the spirit of the holidays uh we do have a su support slash donate button on our website and also in the link of the show notes so that really helps us keep this podcast going so any kind of donation or support is greatly appreciated so uh happy holidays and join us next week as we review a holiday classic and number 24 on the best rom-coms list love actually oh